Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're going to be learning about some good things happening at the Jackson Resource Center through their yellow house. You didn't know what color of the house could be so important, but it is when it's yellow. Joining us is Lenny Harrington to tell us a little bit more. Hey, Lenny. Hey, Rebecca. How are you? I am doing well, and I want to first say that the yellow is the perfect color to have painted this beautiful house that you guys are doing such good work out of. So how did this get started? First, I should say, um, give us a little background about the yellow house and its mission. Okay, well, the yellow house is um, a maternity home In Jackson, Mississippi, we serve young ladies ages 16 to 22 who are either pregnant or have children and are currently experiencing homelessness, not in CPS custody. Um, We're a seven-bedroom, seven-bathroom house. Each girl has their own bedroom, bathroom, refrigerator, television, everything in their room that they need. Um, So they do have their own private space. And, of course, we have our, our regular living quarters downstairs and everything for them as well. What a wonderful service to provide, and sadly, one that unfortunately we need when you probably could fill up more rooms if you had it, Miss Lenny. But why yellow? I do want to know that. Why yellow on the beautiful house? Well, you know, the thing was, the house was originally yellow. Um, it was a, an extremely light yellow uh, when I was a child. It used to be a bed and breakfast um, years ago, and then the family shut it down. So the house was yellow when we got it, and we were like, you know what? That just fits the yellow house. Um, we love yellow for you know multiple reasons. Of course, it's sunny, it, it's bright. When when you think of yellow, it, it makes you happy. It's a happy color. So whenever the sun rises, it's a new beginning. So that that's kind of how we think of it with our girls. It's a new beginning when they're coming to yellow house. Oh, I love that. Lenny, so this is part of the Jackson Resource Center. It is the Yellow House is under that umbrella. How were you able to acquire that home? I mean, I know it's one thing for it to have been a bed and breakfast. Sounds like it had the perfect structure. But, man, there's a lot of other work that has to go into some, a project like that to bring it to fruition. So how did all of those uh, steps align? Well, um, as you just said, we are with Jackson Resource Center, um, JRC for short. Our main campus is Reach Langley, um, and it is behind Battlefield Park on Langley Avenue. Um, when our executive director opened up uh, Reach Langley, she was actually reached out to by the owners of the property, and 
they wanted to give a real property donation. The house had been empty for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, the family was just like, you know what, this is the organization. We, we opened up the 30-bed um, housing stabilization center on Langley. Like, maybe you guys can do something with this space as well. And uh, autonomous was like, yes, most definitely. So the house was actually donated to us, and we were really, really grateful for that, you know, that, that real property donation. Uh, it needed everything. It, the floors had to be redone. I'd never seen stairs come out of a house before. The stairs had to come out and be reinforced. They had to be totally rewired. There's just a lot that needed to be done. Um, but, you know, thank, thank God it was able to get done, and we were able to open those schedule. When did the Yellow House open its doors to moms in need? The Yellow House opened its doors of June of this year. So we are fairly new. We are still getting up and going, um, trying to, you know, get the word out into the community that, hey, we are here. We are providing service, um, as, as well as trying to gain community partners to help us with providing those services and, you know, the different needs of the young ladies that we serve because often they will come to us and only have one bag of things if they even have that. Would this be the first of its kind, either in the central area or even in the state, uh, Ms. Lenny, that specifically looks to help those mothers in that sort of age range that meet that criteria, specifically to sort of bridge a gap between, you know, maybe not having a place to call their own to, I know, obviously, this isn't a long-term solution. You hope to help them on into their, you know, their next chapter. Or are there other places that you guys sort of got um, inspiration from? No, ma'am, this is the first of its kind in Mississippi. Um, there have been so many inquiries with um, JRC Langley campus um, with young moms, young pregnant ladies that did not have anywhere to go, anywhere to be, to the point of where we got when we got this house. Tyler was just like, you know what, maternity home. We, we really, really need one. There, there is the one, the service uh, was non-existent. For girls who are outside of um, CPS custody, so that's kind of where the idea came from. For and you are looking for services to help these girls and sort of uh, build that community partnership, as well as I know there's some things that you guys would love as people think about um, things that they can do with their church groups or whatever to sort of uh, think through the holidays or giving. So, Miss Lenny, what do you need? I mean, what do you need to help make the Yellow House um, a success? Because I think this is a feeling a, a big gap that, you know, nobody likes to talk about, maternity homelessness. I mean, it's a sad thing, but it's a good thing when the community can come and provide a place for them to stay, have the opportunity to get resources and figure out that next chapter? Most definitely. Um, well, you know, we are in the process of making the Yellow House a home for the girls. So, we, you know, we were able to open. Um, some things are, are in there. We would definitely like to see other things. You know, of course, um, affirmation decor. We have babies. We have pregnant moms. So diapers, pull-ups, wipes. Um, we, we're you know, asking, you know, for groups to adopt the mom's role. Like, you know, the ladies may come in and their favorite color is purple. That may not be what we have in the house. But we've actually had one group that already came out and the young lady's favorite color was blue. So they redid her room and her bathroom in blue. Um, just having, you know, hygiene supplies, um, groceries, because we do not have a grocery stipend um, for that particular home. Snacks, uh, things for their classes. If somebody wants to come and teach a parenting class, 
a budgeting skill class, uh, you know, maybe a support group for the girls, do activities with out next month on Christmas Day. Um, right now, I'm actively seeking a group that will adopt the girls, you know, maybe get us a T-shirt so we can take them to the movie. Um, believe it or not, I've had girls come in that have never been to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. We had one young lady that came in, she'd never been to a sit-down restaurant before. So it's just opening these girls up to a whole nother opportunity. And number one, they've chosen to, you know, keep their kid and to choose that sort of life and to and to keep for moving forward. And obviously, it takes great courage, Miss Lenny, for a young woman to even reach out and ask for help. Right. Like, I mean, to come to a home um, where they can get those kinds of services. So it's our it's our turn to step up and sort of help out that way. If we feel like we can meet any of those needs, Miss Lenny, is there an easy, easy way to get in touch or to coordinate or contact? to you guys at Yellow House? Yes, ma'am. Um, the, the, I will tell anybody, the easiest way to get in touch with me um, at, at any given time would be email. And that is L. Harrington, H-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, at reach, R-E-A-C-H, Jackson, dot O-R-G. Um, you can send me an email. You can go to our website, which is reachjackson.org. That will let you know more about um, the Yellow House, Langley Campus, as well as the 18-acre campus on Capers. So we are beginning to um, clear that land to break ground on. It is going to be the first of its kind um, with 150-bed plus shelter, um, a separate shelter for men, women, gym, community center, um, active food, pantry, soup kitchen. There's just going to be a lot of good things going on there, case management, workforce development skills, um, you name it, this White is, is trying to bring it in these centers to make sure that we have it. Um, you can also give me a call at 769-218-0003. Man, y'all are definitely up to some good things there, uh, Miss Lenny. The Jackson Resource Center, how long has this been uh, Miss White's vision? How long have you guys been in the trenches here in the capital city, trying to figure out what the community needs. Ms. White has actually had the vision um, for what she's doing for more than 10 years now. Um, she used to, uh, before COVID, she, we would be out there every Sunday with her ministry, The Healing Place, um, at Poindexter Park with church services and um, feeding the homeless on, on Sunday. And, you know, so she, she went into prayer many times asking God for a building that, you know, she could open up to those that needed somewhere to be because our, our homeless rate is extremely high in Jackson. People really don't realize exactly just how high it is. Um, and with inflation, it, it's getting even worse. It climbs daily. Well, Miss Lenny, I appreciate your time today and sharing about the Yellow House, which people can go to reachjackson.org to find out more, or they can get in touch with me, and I'll get them in touch with you also if they miss any of that contact information. I feel like this is the first of many times we will be chatting. So, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for having us. All right, you guys stick with us. we got more good things for you coming up next. Thanksgiving. 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 Rebecca's always thankful for the good things. And that includes you. Thanks for listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner 
on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We hope you've taken time to download the Supertalk Mississippi app. If you haven't, you should do that. And then you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And tomorrow, you can find middays. No, on Friday. Excuse me. That's not tomorrow. Although, it feel, every day feels kind of like you got a little bit of Friday-itis. Or maybe, really, it's weekend-itis. But not even that, because it's Thursday. Let me back it up. Wednesday. <laughs> I don't want to totally skip over Thanksgiving, but coming up on Friday, Middays with Jar Gilbert will be at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson for Great Black Friday Savings. So you can tune in from that from 10 to 1. And then if you haven't heard, it's Egg Bowl Week. I'm not sure unless you've been living under a rock, um, then you know what it is. But Sports Talk Mississippi is here and has you covered. And all this week, they will be having interviews from former Ole Miss and Mississippi State players. You'll get insight and analysis about this year's game. It's the annual game that defines a season, and it's one of the most colorful rivalries in all of sports. It's Egg Bowl Week. So stay tuned. They're coming up next year on Super Talk uh, from 3 to 6 p.m. You can also get them wherever you're listening or watching good things. Speaking of watching, today is World television day i can't believe it the first one was invented in 1927 can you think of another entertainment invention that changed the course of how we all live life all the things i mean besides the radio besides the radio but could you argue that before it was entertainment it was mainly informational or has it always been music i don't know uh for radio it's been since music or talk since pretty much the beginning i mean it was a little bit more talk than music in the early days because you had serialized radio novellas and and you basically had the the precursor to tv shows before you could ah, see it because you, you had actors in the studio and they would be acting out the scenes i mean they had superman on the radio Long before you ever saw George Reeves in tights doing all the the stunts in the Superman TV show. And then it just sort of translated well once you could have the actual vision to it. Oh, yeah. I think TV, though, is one of those things everyone remembers-ish. Like the first thing-ish. You may not remember the first thing you saw on TV. But you kind of remember like the first thing you started watching on TV. I mean, now it's a little different. You feel bad for your kids because they get all kinds of screens sort of uh, placed in front of them. But dating back just one generation ago, 20 years ago, us for sure, if you wanted to watch something, it was going to have to be you know, in front of a TV. And then there's a lot of you listening to good things. Man, you remember the first time a TV came into your house. Like you remember being, you know, not necessarily on the front end of getting one. And then when mom or dad finally broke down and got one, or when you each got one in your, in your uh, bedroom and then sort of how it, you know, sort of snowballed into then everyone kind of has one. Do you remember growing, like what's your first show? That you just remember, like that was Rhino's show. Like he wanted to, he wanted to watch it. He wanted to see it. Thundercats. Thundercats. That was yours. Oh yeah. When did it come on? Uh thinking back, I honestly couldn't tell you because I don't think it even came on at a time I was watching TV. But that 
it made me think of another piece of technology. Mm-hmm. It seems like all the technologies that have, have changed how we live our lives in the world are kind of derivative or connected to the, to the TV. Mm-hmm. Because Thundercats, I wore out a VHS tape that was recorded off of television. Not one you go to the store and, oh, look, it's Thundercats. No, no you... this was pop the blank tape in the VCR and record it and then just rewatch that over and over and over again. So our generation, we... We were a bit spoiled when it came to TV because we had VCRs or Betamax or however else you wanted to go at that point in time. And that allowed us to take little snapshots of what was on TV. That was the first, um, what do you call it, um, TiVo, DVR, oh, yeah. whatever it may be. Darren and Jackson said, I do remember that I was my dad's remote control. I was the one who had to get up and change the channels. Oh, absolutely, Darren. You are not the only one who felt that way. I'm sure that many understood the assignment that if the TV needed to be up, down, or all around, I would say probably the remote was the next, like, big, like, you know, changed the way you watch TV. The fact that you could just sit in your chair and not have your child (laughs) go and do it for you. I wonder how many of us, if we had to get up and actually go push buttons on the device to scroll through your Netflix or whatever it may be, would just settle in and simmer down on whatever came up or be less likely to do the whole skipperoo and changeroo do with the channel. I mean, in that line of thinking, look at how our language has been impacted by the TV. Because with the invention of the remote and the the importance of the television, you had channel surfing. And you never then, had that, yeah. Then when the internet came along, you just used the same lingo. It was surfing the, the internet, yeah. surfing the web. Right. When the vast majority of people that channel surfed or surfed the web couldn't stand up on a surfboard. It was funny in our family group chat here recently my mother-in-law finally said okay i've come to grips i'm gonna get rid of the big tv as a tube tv analog tv that's in the family room i'm gonna give y'all first dibs before i ask anybody else if they want it (laughs) and all the kids who were like 40 and below just fell out laughing like my like nobody wants your you know your analog you say that well, it's not one that's the that used to be the like you had the night like back whenever it was a piece of furniture. I know that's like more antique, like the wood grain, the wood grain, and all of that. That could the probably speaker cover have a place in someone's. Uh, this is just your standard of the meal. Where it got to the point, you would go and get a new one instead of trying to to repair it. But that's the thing; they aren't making any more new tube televisions. This is CRTs. And if you have one in good working order, you might want to check how much it's going for online. That's a good because there's yeah. a lot of, for example, retro video game consoles. The original Nintendo with mm-hmm. the big box where you push it in, click it down, and then power it on. Those don't work well, if at all, on flat screen HD TVs. So they need the tube. So you've got to have a CRT TV to be able to play it. It's crazy. My daddy, who turned 80 this year, he that's what he did for a living. He grew up, he repaired radios and TVs. That's what he made his living for. That's what he went and got trade school for uh, back in the day when um, he um, retired from the from the Marines Corps. And literally, 
he was at retirement age, which would have been 20, 15, 20 years ago, when the digital started, um, I guess, pushing out the analog to the point yeah. you had to learn how to repair. And he was, he was like, old dog, don't want to learn new tricks. And so, but he was able to make, you know, a 40 year career out of. Well, in fairness, there's a big difference in opening the back of something and having a a series of tubes. That oh, you absolutely. Can, well, that one looks like it's burnt out. Let me replace it and see if that fixes it. Versus, Digital. okay, now i got to get in the back of this thing. It's a microchip. And there's a motherboard. And i got to find the chip on this motherboard that burnt out. Oh, for sure. Someone said 10 p.m. the station would go to the national anthem. I know what I'm about to say. is like some of y'all be, <gasps> because you like your late night watching. It would be nice if, like, things did just shut off. Maybe not 10 p.m., but at least by midnight. I know it used to just completely go off. I know that would be you that's looking like, woman, stop treading on my, my time. I like to, you know, to, you're I mean, your I'm night a owl. night owl, but even then, there's nothing really on TV, even at this point in time, even with the glut of content that's available to watch on a screen. There's very little that's on that's worth watching once you get to 10, 11, midnight, mm-hmm. and especially later. I mean, at least when we were coming up, you if, it, if you had a channel that would stay on after 10 or stay on after midnight, you had this cornucopia of crazy infomercials that were hour, two-hour long commercials for a single product. And it's amazing how somebody could be that excited about one thing and spend two hours telling you all the benefits of this rotisserie chicken maker. That so many ended up buying. Paul in Greenville said, also had to go outside to turn the antenna. Oh, that's real life. I do remember that. Absolutely. I did. And some of you like had the big satellite when satellite TV first came out. And it was that like a huge, you thought you were talking to Martians out there. Um They'd have to go. You couldn't turn it. But then others just had the little bunny ears, and you had to get it just right to pick up your favorite station. Course, that was some people's job. Stand there and all right, you hang on to that right one. Don't move. All right, lift your left leg. Mm-hmm. All right, now just stay there. Because that was the, the clearest picture. That was the clearest. But stay there till the game's over. <laughs> That's you probably heard that a time or two. All right, we'll stay here. We got more for you coming up next. She's thankful you're listening. Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can find us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Or you can also find us, too, streaming live over at supertalk.fm. And you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And even though Thanksgiving is like 48 hours away, am I doing the math right there? At least two days away, depending on when you started celebrating. There's still time to help a family uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Joining us today is Martha Allen with Extra Table. But they're doing Thanksgiving a little bit differently this year. Hey, Martha. Hey, we're so excited to be on the radio with y'all. And man, 48 hours till Thanksgiving. I'm not even going to count the days till Christmas. I know. Well, it's coming quick, fast, and hurry. Some have been celebrating Christmas since June. But, you know, we're holding out for (laughs) Thanksgiving here on Good Things, which I know you guys are always up to helping folks um, make that realization of the Thanksgiving meal possible. Typically, though, we think of Martha when we think about helping families, you know, make that Thanksgiving meal. We think about turkeys. But you guys at Extra Tables said, Let's do something a little bit different this year. So what are you doing? That's exactly right, Rebecca. So, you know, the center to all of our, you know, Thanksgiving tables is a great big bird, that turkey. And at Extra Table, we do a special holiday drive to be sure that all of our food pantries and soup kitchens across the state of Mississippi have that big central bird on the table. And what we've learned over the past couple years is that our sweet little food pantries, they don't have the storage capability. And then also if we think about the people the the people receiving the turkey, they don't have grandmother's heavy pot to cook it in. They might not be used to cooking a turkey. They might not have room in their refrigerator for a turkey. So we started hearing those comments back and we were like, you know, let's try chickens. Let's see what our pantries think. And they loved it. So we have shipped a Mississippi product. 9,000 birds have gone out the door, three times the amount of turkeys we shipped in the past. And we are so excited. So save the turkeys, embrace the clucks this Thanksgiving. You have to say that slow and specifically in there, Martha. Yes, you do. Yes, you <laughs> But do. I love it. Okay, so this is a unique idea. Obviously, what I think is cool is when you think about um, helping those in need, it's best to think about what they're you know requesting or maybe listening to their feedback. And so that's what you get yeah. when you support um, organizations that are really in the trenches, boots on the ground, kind of doing the thing, which is exactly what Extra Table does. And then having the courage to do something different, right? Because it's kind of <laughs> like you fall in line with what you feel like you're supposed to do um, and just sort of get in that route so was it were y'all nervous at first to maybe change to chickens or was the you know the choir singing loud enough that you thought this is going to be a good hit well I, I was pretty sure I checked in with like 15 of our 62 pantries to get a good feel on it a good temperature but that first morning that we were delivering the chickens when when I when we unloaded the truck and started moving them and they got so much more and you know so many senior citizens they just don't eat as much so you know, two senior citizens in one home, they could eat on a turkey for months. It's going to spoil, but a chicken is perfect. So the feedback was incredible. They were all so excited. And when we talk about, you know, responding to their needs, we also have a, a responsibility to our donors. And so, you know, turkeys are seasonally priced, so they're more expensive. You just can't even get around that. And then chickens are a Mississippi-grown bird. And so, We were able to, in the past, we shipped 3,000 turkeys, and we were able to sponsor them from people just like you and all your listeners for $15 a piece. But this year, we were able to supply three whole chickens, so a 10 to 12-pound turkey versus 16.5 pounds of chicken meat. 
for the same price. So dollar for dollar, it's better. Knowledge and ability to cook-wise, it's better. It's better to store and transport. So it ended up, Rebecca, being a win-win all the way around. We're excited. You are excited. And I think that's just something, too, for us all to think about and even um, take into consideration when we're looking at making donations, which I know you still you guys still have plenty of time for folks to get on Save the Turkeys, Embrace the Cluck. I'm saying that slowly and <laughs> and help out a, a sort of family. So does that mean that still 3000 families will get affected or will there be potential that more families will get chickens or do all families get the three chickens? So that's up to the food pantries. I'm imagining it goes much further, much closer to 9,000 families will receive a bird. Um, I know the birds went in and out those doors really quickly. I've gotten so many um, encouraging and positive messages about the chickens and even seen some pictures where they've been served up on, on plates at food pantries this week. So it's exciting to, you know, it's always good for us to learn and to question our our methods and how we work and because we can always grow and become better. And so I'm really proud of our team um, at Extra Table and our donors for embracing the, the Save the Turkey change. And that's kind of how Extra Table, Extra Table got started, right, Martha, is Robert St. John and those that really helped in the beginning thought, hey, let's look at how we're helping feed our hungry differently. And then from yeah. that evolved to what you guys are today. So if there is somebody listening to Good Things, Martha, and this is the first time they've heard of Extra Table, give us a little background. Tell us um, who you guys are and how you all do things differently. Yeah, so Extra Table was founded 14 years ago by Chef Robert St. John out of Hattiesburg. And a local food pantry ran out of food. And it wasn't that their shelves were totally empty, but they just didn't have things that made meals. They had, you know, blueberry pie filling and water chestnuts, items that just you can't go home and eat. And so Robert was just, his mom called. He was very disturbed by this. And so he did what he knew to do, and he started shipping food there through Cisco. And as time passes and COVID hits, now we have our own warehouse that is free to us. We have chow logistics and purchasing that help us purchase our food at way reduced prices. And they deliver it for us directly to our 62 food pantries and soup kitchens. So every step of the way, we think about how our food interacts with people in order to be the most efficient and effective answer to fighting hunger in the state of Mississippi. Which I think 14 years ago started out just in the Pine Belt. And now it's crazy to think, you know, that you're you're covering the entire state. How do you guys partner with your food pantries or your soup kitchens? How how do you make that relationship? Yeah, it's really fun. We hear from different pantries each week, actually, and that are that hear about our services and want to become a part and like the food products that they hear other neighboring pantries are receiving. But our goal is to have, you know, one pantry in every county, but we want one pantry in each city as well. So we're moving on up. We've got 62 food pantries and soup kitchens across the state. We ship $85,000 worth of food every month, and that's food purchased in way reduced below wholesale prices that we're really um, excited to have a team that works hard on that. And so pantries, we add five new food pantries each year, and that's, that's donor-driven. You know, the, the more donations, the more funds that we raise, the more support that there is for Extra Table, the more people we can feed annually. 
You know, you mentioned about the idea of embrace the cluck and save the uh, save the turkey for Thanksgiving. That had to come with help from local partners, obviously, here in Mississippi. As, as you mentioned, chicken is a great commodity for us. Did you have, like, one great donor that you would like to tip to for us when we're out in our shopping um, power that maybe helped make <laughs> that 9,000 chickens possible? Well, the Mississippi Poultry Association was a huge partner in that, but this this partnership is sponsored by the First Bank. So they have been the backbone of this event um, from its conception several years ago, shipping turkeys. You know, they're uh, a leader in all the communities in which the First Bank serves, and they're a fun partner to have. And they um, they love the ingenuity and, you know, listening to our pantries and swapping out turkeys for chickens. It's always important to support another local business. Will you also be doing something similar for Christmas? I know Thanksgiving really gets the, you know, the the main protein or the main bird kind of takes the stage. But will you be doing something similar that people can go ahead and sort of plan for? We are not shipping birds for Christmas, but we do have something special planned for each one of our food pantries. So um, that will be coming out soon on our social. So you'll have to follow along and stay tuned for what we're doing and how we'll continue to support them through the holidays and the end of this year. So if people are looking for those end of the year donations or ways to be charitable or get together for, you know, um, volunteering, how can they how can they do that, Martha? Where can they go? You can go to extratable.org or you can go to our social media platform. They are updated daily. And so they've got all the hot information. And we look forward to, you know, partnering with you as a volunteer or as a donor and just telling the story of our neighbors across the state that are hungry. Well, Together, love, we can make a difference. 9,000, well, I guess 3,000. 3,000 turkeys say thank you for, <laughs> <laughs> for choosing exactly right. to embrace the cluck here on Thanksgiving. Chickens everywhere are like, no, that was our one <laughs> holiday. No, but it makes perfect sense. I think it's a wonderful thing that you guys listened and you um, helped to sort of bridge that gap between what they could use and needed and made that happen. So kudos to everyone that you know was part of that, uh, Martha look forward to hearing about what you guys will be having um, coming up in the new year. Yay! We are always so grateful to to talk to you and to talk to all your listeners and share the work that we do at Extra Table because it affects all of us. Hunger is in all of our communities and that's how we work. It's neighbors working together to feed neighbors. Alrighty. Well, thanks girl and happy Thanksgiving. You too. Have a great one. Alright, you guys stick with us. we got a few more good things for you coming up next. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Now that's something to be thankful for. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Once upon a younger year, when all our shadows disappeared, the animals inside came out to play. When face to face with all our fears, learned our lessons through the tears, made memories we knew you're just tuning into good things that's the first thing rhino remembers watching on tv it is national or world one of the two tv days i guess world because i mean 
they're everywhere now, right? It's not just a national thing. Um, but do you remember your first TV show that got, really got you? Like, that was it. That was what you wanted to watch. You sort of, you know, got in, wanted to see it. Uh, way 601-879-4395. But someone also mentioned, what about the hospital rooms with the weird remotes that went clunk, clunk, changing the channels? And I'd say those are probably some of the last TVs that got completely flipped over because there was one in every room. So imagine the investment that had to go into switching those to flat screen TVs. And they did. It was a terrible remote. And it's still a terrible remote That's if you've been in a hospital lately that's connected to your um, still connected to your bed, which I'm sure that's for good reason. But but and, you know, like with remotes, fun fact or nasty fact, if you're traveling, sorry, but the a hotel remote is like deemed one of the nastiest things ever because it never gets never gets cleaned. cleaned and it's one of the few things in the room that everybody touches correct and so i know folks, not everybody's going to use the desk or not everybody's going to sit in the chair not everybody's going to do this or that but pretty much anybody that gets in a hotel room they're going to plop on the bed and grab the remote and grab the remote i have germaphobe friends who take ziploc bags specifically for the remote and they'll They'll drop it in there, and then that's how how they how they use it. And so, yeah, a little fun fact: if you're traveling now, you're freaked out by the remote. You weren't you weren't once once you weren't whatever something like that. But you're welcome. <laughs> Kurt and Tupelo said Smurfs. I remember the Smurfs. La 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 la. la, 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 la. Hey Arnold, wiggity wiggity. That's a good one, uh-huh, too. Someone mentioned that changing head. changing channels wasn't that big of a deal because you didn't have many to change. You didn't have many to think about um, back when, I guess, uh, TVs first came out. You only had, like, what, three channels or so? Yeah, before cable and satellite TV, you had the channels you could get over the air, over the antenna. And unless you were in a big city like New York or L.A. or something, you got three, four, maybe five channels, six or seven if it was a nice clear day and you were close enough to a different area. If you're saving up or like stalking those Black Friday deals for your new flat screen TV, think about what one cost back in 49. So back in 1949, there was approximately one million Americans, that still feels like a lot, that owned a television set. Um, and the cost of them was really expensive. So at that time, the most expensive one on the market was $1,200. So in today's dollars, that would be almost $14,000. Which, which if is you think back insane. to the invention of the flat screen... That's about how much they cost when they first came out, when you had the plasma screens. Yes, they were insane. You couldn't leave on the Weather Channel, or you'd have Weather Channel widgets all over your screen burn in. But yeah, that's why you saw those on cribs all the time, is because you had to be a millionaire to afford a plasma screen when they first came out. By 1969, the number of households containing televisions was nearly 44 million. Okay, that seems like more than 1 million. Still 1 million people in 1950. Feels like a lot to have had a TV. The number of TV stations in that period went from 69 to 566. It's like, why, why, where were we at there? Like, what happened to just one, two, three? But that isn't uh, necessarily how, how it wants. So many Americans, you may remember iconic shows, Star Trek, Andy Griffin oh, yeah. Show. Beverly Hillbillies provided a relief from, obviously, the realities of that day, which it still does to some capacity. I still remember, if you were listening, my daddy repaired TVs his whole life. That's what his career was. And when we tried to get him to get a 
And then it was a box. I ain't gonna buy a TV that's got 700 channels turned to one channel and leave it there. Why would I do that? <laughs> and now, I mean, it's it's streaming everything. You know, it's not even who cares how many channels are on the actual TV anymore. I I would argue that it'd be difficult. You you would have to sit there and count each one individually because you can't even like scroll to the bottom and just subtract the numbers because you've got the standard definition channels and the HD channels. And does anybody remember when they tried to push the whole 3D TV thing a few years back? Well, it's no. been more than a few years. It's been yeah. like a decade now. But yeah, 3D TVs where you had some that came with glasses. So yeah, everybody wants to sit in their living room wearing 3D goggles while watching TV. That makes sense. No, and I'm sure there were, like VR will try to take it that way as well. But I feel like TV will always have a place, but the way that we watch and consume it, obviously like everything else is evolving and our kids will never know those wonderful joys that we all experienced with TVs of the 70s st- and 80s and 90s. I still maintain there's something special about sitting in front of a TV, changing it to a channel, and finding that somebody has put on to play something you wanted to watch. You didn't go over to the, the shelf and pull it off. You didn't scroll through and find it. It was just happenstance that, oh, I want to watch this, and it's on right now. Small joys. Small joys. All right, stick with us. we got more for you up next. you got the boys with sports talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will see you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.